When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And at the time of recording, City are back where they belong, top of the Premier League, after the demolition job on Bournemouth on Saturday. Five different scorers, but no Haaland, of course. And a player of the match performance by Jeremy Doku. City dominated the Ballon d'Or, and Messi won it. And Ilkay stayed in his seat. It's young boys on Tuesday and Chelsea on Sunday. So much to get through, such little time. And three guests, the three S's. Stato, Sarah and Spencer, welcome to all three of you. Um, can we start with the Ballon d'Or just kind of briefly because it's kind of big news. I suppose first question is going to give you kind of uh, a, uh, what's it called, a, a spectrum, a, a kind of continuum from could not care less about the Ballon d'Or right the way through to I'm so excited a bit of we came out. So kind of where are we on that? So I'm going to start with you, Spencer, as you kind of smiled most at that particular line. So are you could not care less or a bit a we came out? Where are you on that that line, Spencer, in terms of the Ballon d'Or uh, before I, we get into the detail? Nigel, I am so excited I could crush a grape. Um, wow. And I am actually excited about the, um, the Ballon d'Or because it is a moment, isn't it, to sort of celebrate just how bloody fantastic we have been over the last year. Um, and I do sort of take a little bit of a vicarious uh, pleasure in the celebrity aspect of their all. A like, what? Oh, excuse me, excuse me. A what? A what? A vi- what? What? Vicar- what is take vic- pleasure. It's too. It's it's uh, it's uh, for it's, me. Uh, for me, it just yeah. help help our seven listeners who also don't understand that vi- vicarious. Can you spell it? No, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> great, a great okay. pleasure. Okay, good. Um, vicarious. Yeah. Blimey, you heard it here first. Spencer Debson on the Man City Show. Go on, keep going. Well, carry on. Yeah, no, no, please. please. Out. No, 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 I'm feeling frisky. I'm feeling frisky tonight. So go on, just, so just okay, yeah. tell the wife. Okay. okay. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> frame me right off there. No, I mean it's 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 good to see them in a in a sort of non-footballing atmosphere. It's good to see them with their partners. It's good to see the acknowledgement and um, uh, the whole way it's sort of set out. And I think it's a it's you know it's 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 a rightful sort of celebration of what we've done. 
Um, okay. Well, well, we'll come back to it. I just, I, we'll come back to it. I'm just so, so Stato, are, are you kind of great crushing, weeing your pants, uh, or are you kind of really couldn't care less? Where, where, just before we get into the detail of what happened and so on, just in terms of your view of the Ballon d'Or, just so sort of get get a, a feel before we get into the detail. More towards I couldn't care less. Um, I'm glad City did well. Disappointed Haaland didn't win it, but I'm much my my focus is always on City winning trophies as a team. Individual honours are nice for the individual players, but they don't mean too much to me as a City supporter. Sarah? I think I'm um, somewhere in the middle, just to be the uh, the, the intermediate voice. I, 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 I mean, I know that there's been a lot of talk about, you know, De Bruyne said it's all a fix and he, you know, doesn't take it too seriously. I, I think Stato's right about the, the emphasis on the team, not on individuals. But I, it, for me, it's a little bit like, you know, watching the Champions League back in the early noughties and thinking, I can't imagine City ever being in the Champions League and now we just take it for granted. And so the idea of City dominating the awards in the way we did in that top 10 list and potentially having the winner of the Ballon d'Or for all its frailties and faults and, you know, fixing, um, I think I'd still have been pretty chuffed if we had a Ballon d'Or player paying for us. Absolutely, because I think there were three in the top five, weren't there? I mean, just it's just ridiculous to say little C, and here we are at the top table. So, so with all that in mind, then Stato, and knowing where you sit on that line, um, and let's sort of start with the, with the, the team of the year, and, and we're kind of just 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 the thought. Manchester City were, were the best team in the world last year. I mean, it, it just that's that's mad, isn't it? I mean, you know, you and I go back longer than these other fresh-faced youngsters on the show this week, and it's like they, it's Manchester City won best team on the planet. Come on, let's, we've got to celebrate that, whether you whether you like it or not. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Swear, can you believe it? It's impressive to win it, but to win it, you have to be up there, and you have to win the trophies. So, winning the trophies means a lot more to me than being the best team as voted in Ballon d'Or. Yes, it's a great honour for the club. But I didn't jump around celebrating as I did when we won the league, when we won the FA Cup or the Champions League. So, yes, very nice, but it's not quite the same to me. And nor did Ilkay Gundogan jump up and down either. He's despite despite a number of City players saying, come on, Skip, you you raised a number of trophies for us and you sat on your ass." So go on then, Sarah. That's obviously we can argue it both ways. He's moved on. He's got to respect his current employer, his current team. But he was part of that team that won that trophy. Where, where do you sit on that one, if you pardon the, the, the sit reference one more time? He sat. Where do you sit? I completely support him in what he did. I think nobody can question what he gave to this football club. And, you know, he was. we were all sad to see him go, but understood his reasons for it. Um, I think there is something about, I think it is the point you make, Nigel, around showing respect to his you know, the idea of a City player who leaves and then running up and – or somebody joining City, but then running up on the stage to jump around with former colleagues from another team, I, I think I'd feel that was a little bit odd as well. So if we turned it on its head and it was a City current City player who'd won something in the previous year with somebody else, I think we'd find it a little bit odd. So he, he only had two choices, and I, I would have made the choice he did. Right choice, Spencer. You've done the same. We could argue it quite rightly, as Sarah's done, saying, "Hold on a minute." People would understand why he's gone up. He he was the captain of that team, and therefore it's it's acceptable for him to be up there dancing for a couple of minutes to go back down and carry on with his new employer. 
I, I actually think it would have been a, a bit odd if he got up, actually. You know, he's, he's, if that's one phase of his life. He's now in a new phase. And for him to sort of have two hats on on one evening would have been a bit odd, I honestly think. And, okay. and for all those plaudits happened, you know, previously. All right. Let's let's talk about the winner then before we move on to, to City proper. Um, Spencer, we've got a situation here where Messi um, won the World Cup. So that kind of trumps everything else, doesn't it? Well, again, so- this is one of those you can argue, but uh, as soon as they had said uh, that they'll take the World Cup into account, actually there was only one winner. And I know there's a lot of... Um, sort of equity and uh, global respect for Messi, you know, and who was it who made that phrase, if Messi, if Messi's playing, then he should win it sort of thing. So that coupled with the World Cup, uh, which was the greatest World Cup in history, really, the final, uh, and, you know, you know the way, the way that, he, that he sort of cemented his reputation as the greatest player of all time. So I think there was actually only one winner once they'd said that. Treble winner, scored all those goals. Uh, Haaland was the natural choice, some City fans have argued, Sarah. Um, are you, uh, Spencer, taking a very pragmatic, sensible, mature approach, as, as he always does in these things, and uses long words as well, that certainly I don't understand. Uh, where, where do you sit on this one, then, in terms of Haaland? You you kind of actually, Haaland probably should have done it, or does that World Cup trumpet for Messi? Oh, to be pragmatic and mature, Nigel. Well, I, I'll be neither, then. Um, I'll leave that to Spencer, he does it so well. I I think Messi is the greatest footballer, certainly that I've ever seen and probably that has ever existed. I love Messi, so I never begrudge him anything he wins. But I think it's the wrong decision. I, as far as I'm concerned, the Ballon d'Or is about the best player over the, a, a period of a season. And yes, Messi helped Argentina win the World Cup. He didn't win it single-handedly. Um, Not far off. Well, yeah. Bit of help from uh, Julian as well, though. Um, you know, he's a, he's an amazing player, and I'm de- I was so happy that he won. If England weren't going to win it, I was very happy that he and Argentina won it. So it was a very fitting end to his main career. I know he's still playing, but for his main career, but uh, you know, an award for it to to have significance has to mean something. It, it can't just be we're dishing out the sweets at the end of the season and you. You know, you you're giving them to somebody just because they've got a nice smile, or they brought you a nice painting in one morning. I mean, it's got to be for consistency and brilliance over the course of the season, in my view. And for that reason, Harlan should have won it. Here we go. So we got uh, Spencer being mature and sensible as always, and gives it. Uh, you, you know what your job here is, Stato, here to do in a moment. But uh, Spencer's given it quite rightly to Messi. Sarah has got a sky blue glasses on and she's given it to Haaland. Where do you sit? Well, as you said, Spencer was mature. I'm therefore immature. And I would say Haaland should have got it. Um, I just think he had a brilliant season uh, and has had been playing such fantastic... No, he scores all the goals. Um, Messi is a brilliant footballer, don't get me wrong. He's probably past his peak now, well he is. Um, he had a Fantastic World Cup, but that was one tournament, whereas Haaland was doing consistently and won three trophies. If those three trophies don't count, Haaland could never win it on on the basis that whenever there's a European Championship year or a World Cup year, he doesn't stand a chance because Norway won't go very far. We have had in the past a Ballon d'Or player playing for Manchester City. I'm sure you remember who it was. So I'll leave it floating there for a few moments and see if anybody can remember who that was. So he won the Ballon d'Or whilst playing for Manchester City. No, no, no. He played for Manchester City after he had won the Ballon d'Or. It wasn't uh, George Ware, was it? 
Correct. Of Correct. course. Well done. Well done, Spencer. It was George Way. Of course it was. Well done. Um, excellent. Let's listen. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about more important matters then and the demolition job on Bournemouth, Sarah. Um, 6-1. Obviously, City were hot favourites, but we're just we're just starting to turn it on a bit, aren't we? We're starting to look a bit good, aren't we? Last couple of, couple of games, it's uh, starting to click. It is, and I'm slightly unnerved by us being top of the league this early in the season. It's not not what we're used to, and um, it, it, it it's slightly worrying. I like it when we've got a little bit of a gap to close. Um, and I'm only I'm, I'm joking. I'd like us to be top of the league for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, Bournemouth, you expect to win at home, but we've had a few, one or two games uh, at home, not so much this over the like, 2023, but in recent years that we probably expected to win and have either scraped something at the end uh, or even on one or two occasions lost. Um, so I, I think, yeah, there's lots of rewarding elements to it, which I'm sure we'll, we'll cover in a minute, not least Doku's performance um, and the brilliance of Bernardo, amongst others. But, um, yeah, you, you, we expect to win those games. We expect to be able to add to the goal difference. Um, and we did well, and it's exciting. And hopefully it's going to continue for a while. But we've got some tough games coming up, as I'm sure we'll discuss in, in, in this podcast and beyond. Uh, yeah, we, we may only we may not look beyond Chelsea on, on this podcast, but you're right. It's it's going to get a bit tougher. And uh, going into this one, Spencer, as I said, it kind of had to be disappointed we didn't get the three points. What what pleased you particularly about the performance of the weekend? It was the all round just fabulous performance, and City seemed to be able to um, switch players out uh, successfully. Uh, and these last couple of games have been wonderful. I mean, Doku, we'll come to talk about him, had a just a just incredible game. Uh, his best game in the City shirt, definitely, um, you know, after that West Ham performance where he shined at the beginning. Um, and, you know, Grealish did do well in the Man United game and you might have thought he might continue him and start to give him a bit of a run, but no, he switched him out. Uh, and Doku just was absolutely wonderful and a really, really exciting player to, to watch. Really exciting. Just going to back to your use of words, I think you said the word shined just then. Did you mean shone? Would, would that be the right word in that particular situation? Not wishing to pick you up or be critical, because I'm impressed by your amazing vocabulary, but I think you said shined, and I don't it, think there is... It depends on it? the grammatical construct, which I now can't remember, uh, Nigel. Oh, so it might well have been shined. Let us know. Uh, we're at City Podcast, of course, so is it shined or is it shone? Um, but um, in, in the meantime, while, you, while you're thinking about that, here's, here's Paul Denby with his view on the game. I thought you could ask me my view of shined and shone, which I have none, because, as you know, I'm a numbers person, not a words person. Um, view on the game, it was uh, a bit of a struggle for the first 15, 20 minutes. We just didn't seem to quite get going. We had a couple of long-range efforts. They kept us at bay. But once uh, we got going, the floodgates opened, three goals in about seven minutes. We played really well. Docky was superb. Um, we we're on fire. No team would have stopped us in the form we were in. The, the teams might have set up differently to try to um, defend against us. But I thought 6-1 was probably a fair reflection of the difference between the two teams. And unfortunately for Bournemouth, they will be down at, towards the bottom end of the table as they carry on like that. Um, it's just a matter of whether there are three worst teams in the league. And at the moment, there are. But we played very well. Uh, Spencer, let's let's talk about Doku then, because he really was outstanding. Uh, I think what was it, <laughs> two goals and uh, sorry, one goal and and four assists um, is really quite something. And his all round contribution was just fantastic to watch. 
It really was. Uh, I mean, I we all have we'll come on to talk about the individual goals, I'm sure. But I, I just like the variety of his play. Uh, I mean, he's a sort of classic winger. Um, not not going to say, you know, in the sort of Peter Barnes mould, because he's not like Peter Barnes, but a, a player who's exciting when he's on the ball, on the wing. Uh, but then he's also capable of doing these lovely, intricate uh, sort of uh, dribbles. You know, the assist for, for Bernardo's first goal was just, just beautiful. Uh, and then a really, you know, a, the through ball for Bernardo's second goal in the 83rd minute. Uh, I mean, it was a, you know, a quality type of ball out of, you know, on the break. Uh, and he just seems to have a a really great range of skills is obviously his confidence is there he's is he 21 22 uh he, he seems to have really settled in well and i think it's great because he's now uh in competition with Grealish and they both seem to be sort of galvanized by the competition and uh getting the most out of both of them it's it's really great to see there's been a lot talked actually Stato about this kind of competition and and some would argue that it's not competition Pep will use them in different situations different games and it's not necessarily they're different players aren't they as well of course I suppose you could argue but but a fantastic all-round performance as Spencer rightly said well Doctor was superb on on Saturday his all-round play but as I don't need to repeat what Spencer just said because it, it was superb and his through balls and his passing and his dribbling uh back to your original point I, I totally agree. Pep does not see them as um, rivals for a position. He'll play each individual for each game. Grealish is very good with his close control. He'll win a lot of free kicks. He might cut back inside a bit more. But he also, I think, is probably a bit better on the defensive side of his game than Doku has appeared to be. Maybe that's under instruction. Doku is fantastic at attacking. He can take the ball inside. He takes the ball outside, confuses the defender. And I think... Um, Pep will just use each of them for different games. So I would, wouldn't be surprised if, despite Doku's poor assists on Saturday, that Grealish plays tomorrow night against Young Boys. It's um, what Pep does. So uh, great that we've got two fantastic players uh, to play in a similar position if we needed them. So, Sarah, he certainly shined, or Sean, uh, take, take your pick, didn't he, at the weekend? He, he, he did. Not that you're labouring the point, Nigel. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he was brilliant. I mean, the, the guys have covered it. I, the, the one point I was going to make was that um, I think if we're honest, he's probably settled in quicker than we expected him to, which is very welcome. And also, I just want to elaborate on the fact that he's, it's not just that he got four assists and a goal. The quality of the assists is what really pleased me. I mean, you can get an assist when the ball hits you, ricochets off your backside and happens to land at something. So four assists in itself it doesn't overly impress me. But every single one of those assists, they were not all easy passes. In fact, some of them were quite difficult passes. But the pace on the ball, the ability of the player to just step onto the ball, hit it first time, the pass to Bernardo was De Bruyne standard. Let's be honest, if he'd bit that, we'd all be going, oh, thank God, Kes. So I think that's a sign of what he's capable of. And if he's able to maintain it in the games when he plays, we've got a fantastic signing on our hands. Spencer's just a big grin's come on his face. I think he's been Googling while we've been waiting here looking at Shined and Sean, and, and he's, he's found his answer. So I'm going to have to come back to him sooner or later. I bet that's what that's about. It's not no, about I'll tell you why I was smiling. I'll tell you why I was on, smiling. Then. Go on. Because I just thought the assist for Akanji's goal was <laughs> was a little, a little fortuitous. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> 
But um, but that was the thing. I mean, the only other thing I was going to throw into all of this um, and ask for by you, Nigel, uh, was that um, we've got the best uh, for, uh, you know, the spread of uh, goal scorers. We've got 28 for, 8 against, uh, meanest defence, best attack, uh, and, and a range of goal scorers uh, as well as Haaland. So it really does, you know, it's great, great signs for, for, for you know, for the coming games. Uh, absolutely. I wasn't necessarily going to go through all the goals, but, but maybe Stato, one or two stood out for you, particularly. We, you know, we haven't talked about Bernardo in any detail. I just want to put his name out there because here's a player who, for the last, I think, three seasons has been leaving City for various reasons. He's, we've managed just to keep hold of him. And yet he's just got better and better and better. What a player. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was fantastic again on Saturday. If I was to pick out three goals, half the goals, I'd say two of them were the Bernardo two goals. So I think Doc who's setting him up for the first one and Bernardo putting it into the internet brilliantly uh, for that. I think it was our second goal that he did that one for. Then the ball from Doku for Bernardo and Bernardo, I thought he'd taken a little bit too long and maybe had gone too far, but then the chip over and you could see it across the line from where I was. So it was clear before um, Nunes had put it in again. And I'd like to also pay credit to on the, on the sixth goal, um, because I think Oscar Bob did brilliantly and Ake threw his everything for it to 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 dive in and score that goal as well. So uh, it's just a great all-round performance and we'll just have more of those for this week against Young Boys and again against Chelsea and the rest of the season. If we do that, I won't be complaining. Do you want to add anything to any of those goals, Sarah? Any context or any comments? I, I, I think I think you know Paul's picked out the key. I was, I'll just echo his point point about the beautiful dink from Bernardo. I mean that is not easy to do, and and I'm so glad because it also means that Doku's pass in the build up gets the credit. You know, it's a pass that we might all have forgotten about if that had ended up with an easy save for the keeper. So um, I'll probably pick that one out. Um, Spencer, just you can comment on the goals if you like again, but uh, if not, maybe we can just move on to a comment that that Pep made at his press conference, which was he talked about something like you know it's the best mood in the in the city dressing room that he's had. Now he's had some pretty good teams. Uh, we've won a bit of silverware. Um, how do you respond to that? What do you think that's about? And and do you see anything yourself that that you would say, yeah, I can see that? How do you react well, to that? I mean, I wouldn't. The, I best, wouldn't. the best mood. I wouldn't ascribe too much importance to what he might say in the moment, because I'm sure we probably could dig out similar things, you know, in, in, elsewhere in his career. But it does reflect a genuine positivity, um, great team spirit. And it's very evident. It's evident on the pitch. It's evident in, you know, the camaraderie at the Ballon d'Or thing. You know, they're all chipping away at each other, getting on well. Uh, it's clear that, you know, the new players, Doku we've spoken about, Gvardiol was also, I think, um, mentioned uh, by Pep as well. This, you know, called out for a, the, the way he settled in. So it, it really is a, a, a genuine um, team spirit that's developing, uh, which is all the more, uh, all, all better, seeing as we had a switch out of players over the summer. They just seem to have gelled really well. Uh, and I, I actually don't know if, have we made the best start? I didn't really think that was... Could be the case, but Stato will know. But someone said it was City's best start after 10, 11 games um, in, in recent times, maybe because we haven't drawn any games. Um, but uh, it, it, it really it, it reflects the reality. It's not, it's not just words. And you, you notice that as well, do you, Sarah? You can see that, that mood in the, in the camp. Do you recognise that from the terraces? I think, 
I think it is an interesting comment that he's made. And and, and I, I agree with Spencer. We may well look back and Pet may have said something similar in 2018 and we've all forgotten about it and now he's saying it again. But I think it's important for two reasons. One, I think it shows that the the personalities, how, how much effort the club put into buying players whose personality, whose mental toughness, um, their, relation, their ability to build relationships, to demonstrate respect, all those features that matter. And when we see it imploding at other clubs, let's not name any, but we can all think of an example not that far away, um, it, you realise how important it is. And I, and therefore, we have to, you know, I think all the players know that they've got a key role to play. I think it's also a testimony to Phillips that he's not, he's probably the one character who's most vulnerable at the moment and yet he clearly isn't uh rocking the uh, rocking the boat with his behavior etc but the other reason i think it's important is because i think it shows the maturity of city as a club now that they know they're the best team in the world and they know having won the champions league that in a way they've nothing to prove even though they've got everything to prove because they need to do it again and we want them to do it again but i think there's a calmness that's come having won the Premier League as often as they have, and now getting the Champions League uh, jinx off our backs. I think that that is what is causing them to feel much more relaxed about themselves as an entity and their reputation in world football. Stato, I've deliberately given you some time to just check out whether um, we've got uh, the best mood and the best start. Can you confirm that? We've certainly got a fantastic mood. I think we had a start a few years back where we'd only lost one game by this stage. Um, About so points? Points-wise, I think we'd drawn one, lost one. So having lost two, I think uh, we're not quite as... It's, it's, it's almost. I mean, it's a brilliant start. I mean, the Wolves game was one of those games where we didn't perform. Uh, anyway, we are where we are. We're, we're, we're top of the league still at, uh, as we're still recording this at the moment. So... Um, yeah, the, the mood seems fantastic. I think what we have done as a club as well is bringing these new players in and rotating a few out. All right, we didn't. We were all upset Gundogan left, and some upset that Mares moved on. But maybe it was the right time, and we brought in some fresh youngsters who are going to move in and take over some of those positions. Uh, I thought Kovacic had a reasonable game on on Saturday as well. Bethany had for the previous two games, so. I think the mood is great. Uh, I see Phillips still celebrating with the team. Even you know, when we scored the goals, he's really one of the first ones to be on the edge of the pitch, jumping up and down. So good luck to him. I think we're, we've got a great mood in that camp at the moment and long may it last. All right. Before we look forward to the two games in the, in the next week, one in the Champions League and one in the Premier League, just a couple of questions via X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, our good friend Kim, who's a regularly co- um, sort of comments and, and and likes our posts on Twitter, so thanks Kim for your question. Um, he's asked if anybody has seen Girona FC, uh, obviously one of our sister clubs, uh, number one uh, in La Liga at the moment. So I'm just wondering if anybody has seen them and and, and understands. He, I think he says they're playing just some fantastic football and part of obviously the the City Group. Anybody got a comment on that? Kim's keen for us to have a, a, a quick chat about that. Uh, Sarah, you were not. I'm not sure if you were falling asleep or that was you nodding in, in agreement with the question. As if I could ever fall asleep in your company, Nigel. Um, I haven't, I have. I know that Girona are doing well. I haven't, I can't say that I've seen them play. I've seen a couple of snippets either on social media. I think I saw a little bit of a game on the TV. Um, but I think just, uh, I mean, I just wanted to make the point that I think it's really indicative of how 
um, you see the influence of the city style of play and the importance of it permeating not just the clubs that belong within the city football group, but also if you look at what Leicester are doing, I know Vincent's struggling this year with Burnley, but what he did in the championship last year, even to some extent what Arteta's done with Arsenal, there's a sort of a, a theme and a familiarity about all of this, which is testimony to the fact that we have an ethos and a way of playing and a belief in that system that permeates everything we do. And, and Girona are, are, are tearing it up in Spain at the moment. Stato, you're a um, Girona expert. <laughs> if only. Um, no, I haven't seen Girona. Clearly know that they're top of La Liga. Uh, they've dropped five points this season, so marginally better than City. They've drawn one, lost one. The one they lost was to Real Madrid, where they got um, rather well beaten at home, 3-0. Uh, but they are top of the league, though. They're top scorers in the Spanish league at the moment. Uh, so clearly playing some great football. And as a part of the City group, I wish them well. I hope they can maintain that and pit the elite two to the title this season. Maybe they can't quite do that, but we'll see. Spencer? Yeah, I mean, just what, what Sarah and Paul have said. I mean, it would be great to understand, and I, I just can't, I just don't know about, you know, the management and the philosophy, but you'd imagine it sort of permeates down from the top and that all of the um, city group clubs, I think there's about 11, 12 of them, isn't there, around the world, um, have got the sort of same type of philosophy. But it's an incredible start. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how they maintain it. So thanks, Kim, for that. I hope that helps. And, and my good friend, Blue and Proud, as he calls himself, uh, I know who you are, uh, has also asked a question based on what you just said, actually, Sarah. You mentioned Arteta. Um, and his question is, is is it time to start touting Arteta as Pep's replacement? Is the question from our good friend, Blue and Proud. Shall I answer that? I don't yeah, want please, Sarah, yeah. I don't want Arteta to be... Pep's replacement. I think he deserves credit for what he's done with Arsenal because they were in a mess when he arrived and he got a lot of stick for the first season he was there. So I don't think he's a bad manager, but I cannot abide the way he behaves. I thought the outburst at the weekend was shocking. Um, and so we can all do that if we want to pick a decision that was gone against us, some clubs more than others, and I'm not necessarily talking about City. Um, so... And his petulance and his, you know, I know it gets described as passion and passion is never a bad thing. But I, I think, I know not every, Pep's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think largely Pep conducts himself with decorum and professionalism and makes me proud that he's the manager of our football team. And I wouldn't feel like that about Arteta. It can be a bit abrupt and a bit negative with journalists, can't you? So you can pick and choose what each of these managers do. I mean, Arteta tends to be a little bit more civil and a bit more friendly with those journalists once they stick a mic under his nose. Um, and yes, he's had a bit of an outburst, but they're playing good football. Uh, they they kind of came second last year. They're looking good again this season. He's playing Pep's type, trying to play Pep's type of football. He must be in contention, surely. Well, he might uh, be. Back to you. But- well, he might, he may be, and and maybe if he comes and we carry on playing amazing football, you'll play this this uh, episode of the podcast back to me and make me hang my head in shame, Nigel. I know you're prone to that kind of behaviour, but um, I, you know, there, there are all those clips of when he ran it when he was assistant to Pep and he never scored, he never jumped up and down or showed any pleasure if we scored against Arsenal. That's where his heart is. That's fine, no problem with that at all. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that the next manager has to have his heart in. Manchester City, Pep didn't, but even though I think it's there now, so it's. But but I, 
I just don't want to. And sometimes these things are very subjective. We have people we want to, people we respect and we like, and some people who, you know, and just not our cup of tea. And Arteta is not my cup of tea, certainly as manager of City. Okay, I think you're a little bit being a little bit unkind. I don't tend to harp back on things that people say anyway. So, so Spencer, um, he he shined, didn't he? As as uh, as Pep's number two, of course. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, and oh, no- was he Sean? So it should be Sean. Sorry, no, I forget. I'd, I'd, I think we'd all forgotten about that actually. No, but he doesn't harp back, Spencer. So you no, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> Um, uh, put me off quite again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Moments of so. right, Stato. Let us. Spencer's gonna have a lie down for five minutes. Um, Arteta, he's, he's the natural replacement. Our friend, uh, blue and proud tells us or questions asks the question. He potentially is, but I don't like his attitude. Uh, he comes out as a bit petulant, uh, as Sarah said, a bit spoiled. And his transfers, the people who question them. I don't understand why I bought Raya. Ramsdale was having a had a very good season last. Why waste all that money on a second, very good goalkeeper that's pushed Ramsdale out? And sixty-five million on Kai Havertz as a striker, who is at best uh, is, is going to get you fifteen goals in the season if you're lucky. So I don't quite understand why I spent so much money there. So I've got my doubts. Okay, Spencer, do you want to have another go? I'll, I promise to be quiet and, and I'll let you go, starting now. Well, it's pure speculation, isn't it? I mean, you don't sense that he has um, ultimately, you know, the the, the presence and gravitas. Uh, but then again, he's still a young manager. Uh, and I'm sure one fine day he will win, uh, whether it be the Premier League or, or you know, or more. more. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that a fan, particularly a fan of Arteta, um, but uh, he's good, and he's one. He'll be he'll, he'll be in contention. I would have thought because you know, much as we want Pep to be staying forevermore, um, we're all thinking you know, two summers from now probably will be the time when he'll he'll ultimately move on. All right, Stato. Let's talk about City can qualify for the eleventh successive season to the knockout stages of the Champions League with a win against Young Boys on Tuesday night. They can. You're right. And they will. Um, I think even the draw is good enough, but I expect them to win um, because we're better than them and we'll play a reasonable team and I expect our 4-3-1 win. OK. Spencer? Um, not much more to add. Uh, I mean, we've got we've clearly got enough firepower. Um, we haven't really got injuries. Um, I think Harland. Harland. Harland, the ankle. Harlan's and is, is he a niggle or is he definitely out? But he's a doubt, I think they call it. Yeah, definitely out. Um, I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? We we weather uh, we've weathered being without KDB all these many months, um, but once we've got sort of Rodri and I think actually Rodri and Stones, that's the way I think of it now, um, as a sort of the core of our team um, with 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 you know with the defenders etc. Uh, we 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 go well. Um, so I think we'll have more than enough for for uh, for this game on Tuesday. And the guys are right, aren't they, Sarah? You know, we've no KDB, Harlan's a doubt. He may not risk him, um, knowing that we've probably got enough in the squad without him. We don't seem to be worried too much about it, do we? We still feel pretty confident going into this fixture that we're going to come come out with a win. I'll be very, very shocked if we don't win tomorrow. Um, if, you know, for the reasons the guys have said. Um, I think I said it last time I was on the podcast that 
we want to qualify as quickly as possible. Then those final two games, we can make whatever decisions we need to about who plays, who doesn't play, who needs to rest. And hopefully after tomorrow evening, that's the position we'll be in. Let's talk then finally about Chelsea then at the weekend. I think it's uh, obviously away at Stamford Bridge, 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Uh, Spencer, they've, they've struggled a bit this year, uh, as we know, um, languishing kind of almost mid-table. Um, they're obviously playing as we're recording, actually, uh, on Monday evening, so we're not sure how, how that will end. Uh, but even so, um, how do you see kind of how maybe Pep might line up, the sort of the way the game might go and the sort of challenge that Chelsea might present? I mean, I, I'm surprised at the, the relative underperformance of Chelsea. I mean, we know the sort of disarray up top, but, you know, they've had Pochettino there now for um, some months. Um, I thought it would have settled down. I, I do sort of have a res- residual concern that they're going to come good in one or two games and really start to to flow. Um, but obviously it didn't happen uh, last weekend. Um, and so we would imagine that we will um will have too much for them but i just think um you know stanford bridge is is a, a, is a oh, never an easy place we've had a quite a good record there haven't we can't remember uh, last season the season before we won um and uh i think i think we'll win but i think it'll be uh relatively tight uh, and i think chelsea are due, they're due for some sort of unexpectedly good performance and i just just, just hope it's not on you know next week how do you see it stato with a better team, if we turn up and perform as we have done in the last couple of games or so, we win. Uh, we've got to be wary of them. They're, they're pacey attack. We've got a couple of ex-City players, of course, amongst their ranks. Uh, so we'll see what Cole Palmer and Raheem Sterling can do for, for them. But if we play to our form, we are the better team. So I'd expect to come away with a win. And in terms of lineup, in terms of changes, what do, what do you expect? So let's Obviously, Haaland is, as I said, a doubt. Um, he's either going to play because he's fit or, or he won't. And uh, we've got different ways of we could f- we could sort of set ourselves up. But in terms of other changes, is this, that, for example, talking about what we talked about before, is this a Doku type of game or a, or a Grealish type of game and, and any other changes you expect? I guess it depends who he plays tomorrow night. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Grealish played against Chelsea because he might have more defensive duties and I think he's better set up as a defense as a defensive attacker, if that makes sense, than Doku is. So it depends who he plays and how he alternates players. And then will Haaland be fit? That's crucial as well, because he could push Foden further forward, as he did when he brought him on as a substitute behind Alvarez. Um, so he's got options. We've got plenty of We've got a strong bench at the moment, even if De Bruyne and if Haaland are still out as well at the weekend. So I'm not Pep. I won't second guess who he's going to play. He's got good options to play across the board and um, whoever we put out there, I would expect, should, should be good enough to, to win. How do you see it, Sarah? I, I agree with Paul. I mean, we are the better team and we, 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 if we play well and we get the tactics right, we hopefully will get a narrow victory. It won't be a, a, a massive victory. I'd be surprised if it was. Um, so... I, I feel reasonably optimistic, although I did see when the game when Chelsea played Arsenal recently, and until they had the implosion in the last 10 minutes and gifted them one goal and then let in a very late equaliser, Chelsea played really well in that game. So I certainly don't feel complacent about it, despite their position in the league. You've got all the subplots, as Paul says, with regards to Palmer and Sterling 
Um, and Pochettino kind of needs his... It, it, I always think with somebody like Pochettino and a new manager and, and a very new squad, every week they're going to get better. So they're two weeks on now from when they played Arsenal and they played pretty well in that game. So I think we should expect a decent game out. They've got one or two players back from injury as well. Um, but the final point I make is that with the exception of Liverpool, none of these other top sides have got what you'd call a clinical, I'll avoid using the word world-class, but a clinical top-level striker. And that's true for Chelsea as it's true for Tottenham as it's true for Arsenal. So let's hope for Haaland's fit. But I've also got a lot of, I, I, I think Alvarez is a top-level striker. So even if he's not, I'll be perfectly happy with Alvarez playing up front. He's better than anything Chelsea have got. So based on that, Patrick for Cole Palmer coming. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I want to thank my three guests to Stato, Paul Demby, to Sarah Messenger and Dictionary Corner, Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.